Welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons, and I'm so excited, so blessed that you tuned in today. And I want you to be excited that you tuned in today because we are bringing you part two of a message called Fit for the Fight. Now, this message, again, came out of a time uh, that we spent ministering at Faith Life Church in Branson, Missouri. And anytime we minister there, the anointing on it is so rich and so strong. And we were so excited about this that we wanted to bring it to the Legacy Television audience, bring it to you. I believe you're going to be strengthened by it, encouraged in your walk with the Lord by it. Now, if you missed part one, it's available to you totally free. You can get it at pearsonsministries.com. You can get it through the Legacy Studios app. Make sure you get that app. Or you can listen to it from the Pearson's Ministries podcast. But even if you missed that, stay tuned in today. Get this word at the end of this message. Let's worship together. And then I will be back at the end. We're going to pray together. I've got some great things to tell you about. Enjoy this today. What does he say here? Fit for the master's use and prepared for every good work. Just at the first of this month, we celebrated six years in our own ministry and we sat down with our staff and our interns, most of, or some of whom are here tonight, and we had Vision Week. Celebrating the anniversary of the, mission, uh, of the ministry, we had Vision Week. We took a day to talk about where we've been. We took a day to talk about where we are. And we took another day to talk about where we're going. And this is what I ministered to them out of. This is what the Lord is instructing us. We are to be fit for his use and prepared for the work. That's what our life and our ministry is about from this day forward, being in shape and ready to go. That's what prepared means. You were made ready beforehand. And when the door got open, you stepped through it. We had some things in, in our ministry this year. Some good things happened, but the Lord, they were new to us and the, and, and the Lord had to speak to me regarding some of it and give me some good stern correction regarding some of it, some of which were opportunities that he made available to us. But it was months that went by before we were able to step through that door he had opened. And I have resolved that to never again am I going to stand and look at an open door that he opened without being able to go through it. I'm going to be fit and I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be fit for the fight of faith. That's what we're talking about tonight. Being fit for the fight. Are you with me so far? Somebody say useful. I want to be useful to him. You might think to yourself, you know, that that's pretty harsh to think that Jesus would tell you you weren't useful. That, I can't, that he couldn't use you. But there are places in scripture and people that he told, I can't use you. In the book of Luke chapter nine, let me read this to you. Jesus said to one, follow me. But he said, Lord, let, watch this, me first go and bury my father. In other words, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I want to do that. But first, what do you say? Me first, let me first. You see those words in there? Me first. Let me first go do this. If you know anything about Jesus, if you know anything about the word, it is not me first, is it? It's kingdom first. Kingdom first. Let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And others also said, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is what? Fit. You're not fit for the kingdom. 
Now, here's what's startling about this. You know the Lord loves him. But not only did the Lord Jesus love him, he called him. Did he not say, come follow me? There's your first calling right there. Called to Jesus. But this individual, whoever it was, or multiple ones, we don't know. These guys got that ultra rare eye to eye, face to face invitation out of the mouth of Jesus himself. You, come here. You come follow me. Come here. Come, come get in with these guys right here. And what the guy say? Yes, that's great. But what I got to do first is go back. Let me go say bye to some folks first. And Jesus said, you're not fit. If you're not prepared, you're not fit. Now, the good news is you can get fit and you can get ready. But I've already had enough correction on that, I think, for a lifetime. <laughs> and I have resolved from this day forward, I will be in shape and ready to go. Every time I hear his voice, every time that door of opportunity opens, every time I get instruction from him, in shape and ready to go. Man, you like that? I like that. In shape and ready to go. Fit for the fight of faith. Let's keep going in this. Go to uh, Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. You may also remember when uh, Jesus told the parable about that, that boss who called the three guys to him and he divided up all his money. Remember that? And he went out of town and he told these guys what to do with it. And he had one that he gave five talents to, another that he gave two, and to one he gave one. And the guy with five talents, you remember all this, he went and traded and he gained five more. The guy with two went and traded, he gained two more. The guy with one, you know what he did. He buried it, right? Well, then boss man comes home and he's going to settle accounts with everybody. The guy who got five came in. He said, Lord, you gave me five. I went and traded. Now I've got five more. And man, his boss just threw a party. Wouldn't you love to work for that guy? There are so many people just in thankless jobs. And no matter what you get right, no matter what you do right, it just seems like there's nothing but criticism or somebody else there to take the credit. But this boss, this guy celebrated him. Well done, he said. Good job. You good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in the little things. In the little things, I'm going to make you ruler over much. Enter into the joy of your Lord. This is a great guy to work for. The second guy comes. Lord, you gave me two. I traded. I got two more. Here they are. He said, good job. Way to go. Good and faithful servant. Notice he said good. What did Paul tell Timothy? Fight the good fight. One marked by its beauty of technique. If you look this word up good in Matthew 25, you know what it means? Useful. What's his boss saying? I can use you. I can use you around here. As a matter of fact, I could use a couple of you. Useful. Well done. Good. Useful servant. You've been faithful in this. I'm going to make you ruler over more. And that third guy comes in with the one. And what did he say? He said, uh, Lord, I knew you to be a hard and harsh man. Now, does that stack up with what we just found out about this boss? Does that sound like a hard and a harsh man? Well done, way to go, party, promotion, raise. 
So this guy's got some bad information. He's got some bad information about who he's working for. I just knew. You ever just known something about somebody for years and years and years? You just knew that about them? You just knew they were that way? You just knew that they were like that and then you actually met them? (laughs) You're not a jerk. (laughs) I knew you, he said, to be a hard and harsh man. And this is what he said. Notice this. And this is important for where we're going tonight. He said, and I was afraid. Bad information about God makes you afraid of God. And that's what people are living with is bad, wrong information about our good God. And they're afraid of him. They're afraid of him. He said, I was afraid. And so what I did was I took and I buried it and I hid it and then I dug it up. So here it is. And the other two guys he called Good and faithful. You know what he said to this one? Wicked and lazy. Everybody got called two things. Good and faithful. Wicked and lazy. Lazy, I get it. Because the whole thing started when Jesus said he gave to each one according to their ability. So evidently, his boss, or God in this parable, saw something in this guy that he didn't see in himself. And he didn't do what his boss knew he was capable of doing. It's laziness. What is that? Not prepared. Not in shape. Not ready to go. Why wicked? Why would he call him wicked? That goes back to believing something wrong about God. That's wicked. Is it not wicked to call our good God Hard and harsh, wicked and lazy. And you know what Jesus said that the boss's response was to this? It's Matthew 25, verse 30. He said, take the one from him, give it to the one with five, and the unprofitable servant cast him out. You fired him. You fired him right there on the spot. Why? Because he was unprofitable. You see the little word in there, fit, unprofitable. If you were to look up unprofitable, you know what it means? Useless. So you've got useful and useless. I know this is heavy, but you're the one who gets to decide what you are. It's not him. It's not him. You get to decide. What did Paul write to Timothy? If anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be useful. You and I are the ones that decide, are we useful or are we useless? I know that's hard. I know that sounds intense, but look, we got scripture for it. Jesus said, the one who's unprofitable, I can't use you. I can't, you are of no use. I love you. I love you and I died for you just the same way I died for everybody else, but I can't use you. Somebody say, not me. me. I am so serious about this. I do not ever again in my life want to be caught in that condition. Unfit, out of shape, and not prepared. Look at Romans chapter 4. You still with me so far? Romans chapter 4 is... An amazing chapter in Scripture. 
I heard one guy say, I don't do drugs, I do Romans 4. (laughs) And he's just about right. It is the New Testament synopsis, the New Testament account of this Old Testament guy, Abraham. And it's everything we learned from Abraham. If you just look in verse 1, we won't read all this. I wish we could, but for time we won't. Verse 1 says, What shall we say that Abraham, our father, is found according to the flesh? If Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. If you earned your salvation, then it's no longer grace. God owed it to you. Now, let me see by a quick show of hands, who in here would raise your hand and say, God came to you one day, knocked on your door and said, wow, you're good. I owe you some salvation. Anybody? Show of hands. Ushers, help me. Do we have any hands? No, we have no hands. Why? Because you didn't earn it. You couldn't earn it. There was nothing you could do to earn it. It was a gift. It was a gift called grace and it had to be taken by faith. You didn't earn it. You couldn't earn it. And it wasn't debt. God didn't owe you. God didn't owe you anything, but he gave you everything. That's good, right? God didn't owe you anything, but he gave you How much? Everything. Everything. So if you were to keep reading about Abraham, skip to verse 13. Look at what it says. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. You ever stopped and wondered why Abraham is such a central figure, even in the communication of what's just taken place in the New Testament? Why is Paul having to use this Old Testament guy to preach what's just happened in the New Testament? You ever wonder about that? I think the answer is right here in verse 13. He says, he says that there, read it again. What did he say? The the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law but through the righteousness of faith. Paul's writing to people saying, I got to somehow communicate to you and get over to you what's just happened in and through Jesus. And the only way I know to do that is to take you back to a time when there was nothing between God and man but faith. There was no law. That law didn't show up for a long time after that. And the people he's preaching to lived generation after generation after generation under the heavy weight and burden of that law, trying to measure up to it, trying to get to God through it. But there was no way because in and of themselves, there was no strength to do it. So Paul's like, okay, okay, what do I got to do here? I got to take you back in time before that thing ever existed. And there was nothing between you and God, but faith. There was no sin between you. There was no law between God and his man. There was no distance between them. God just spoke to his man and his man was like, okay. God just spoke to this man and gave him command. And what did Abraham do? Okay. What he say over and over and over. Now, again, we're reading the synopsis here. Go back to Genesis sometime and look at everything Abraham said okay to. 
Look at everything Abraham believed God in. I mean, it started in chapter 12. He's 70 years old and God says, get out of your father's house. Which if we're honest, it was time. (laughs) You know, I mean, you got to spread your wings at some point, right? Kick the birdie out of the nest. 70 years old, living at home with dad. Son, come on, get out there. See the world. But God spoke to him and said, get out of this house. Go to a place I will show you. What did he say? Okay. Okay. And every time he'd speak to him, okay. Every time he'd give him command, okay. There came a time when he had to separate from, from Lot and Lot's herds and herdsmen. And Abraham had to separate his, all his stuff. And he told Lot, he said, you go whatever, whichever way you want to go and I'll go mine. And Lot chose. And then God spoke to Abram and he said, you come out here. Come out here. Lift up your eyes, he said. Look from the place where you are to the north, the south, the east, and the west. And all the land that you see, I have given to you and to your descendants after you. What did Abraham say? Okay. Just took him at his word. Nothing between God and this guy but faith. Nothing between them. No distance between them. And what a simple instruction, isn't it? Lift up your eyes. Look from the place where you are. Such a simple instruction. But do you know how few people actually do that? The vast majority of this world lives their life with their eyes down and at the place they are. But what was this instruction? Lift up and look from. Not down and at, up and from. That's good advice right there. Quit looking down and at, lift up and look from. You don't like where you are right now? That's okay. That's just the place you're looking from. You don't have to live there forever. This is just a place, this is just where I'm looking at my future from. I can see my future from here. And God's, God's drawing this man's future in the sky. Look at these stars. Count these stars. I can't. That's how many babies you're going to have. Count the sand. I can't. That's how many your descendants will be. And what he say? Okay, okay. Just took him at his word over and over and over. Gave him instruction. Some of it was, I imagine, hard to handle. In one conversation, God changed his name from Abram to Abraham, changed his wife's name from Sarai to Sarah, and told him to circumcise himself and every male born in that house. That was, that was, that, 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 that was a kind of a different day. But you know what the scripture says? On the same day. Same day. What are we talking about? Somebody who is in shape and ready to go. In shape and ready. Fit and prepared. Listen, it goes on. Skip down to verse 16. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. You know what this is right here? These are faith basics. Faith basics. Say faith basics. 
Anybody who you know or admire or have witnessed who, who lives at an elite level of anything, athletics, academics, business, whatever level you, whatever arena you can think of, all that person is, somebody who's been really successful in that, all they are is a master of the basics. That's what that person is. You take some of these guys, we'll just stick with the sports stuff. Sorry, ladies, for tonight. You take some of these guys who are making millions of dollars. They're at the top of their game, basketball, football, soccer, all over the world. All these guys are, are masters of the basics. If you were to look at their routine on and off the court, you look at their routine in practice. You know what it is? It's the same stuff five-year-old Justice started learning a year ago, but they've been doing it now for 20, 25 years for, oh, I don't know, six hours a day, eight hours a day, hour after hour after hour, dribble, 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 pass, 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 shoot, 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 shoot. These are all the basics. And the kid who just got into the sport knows that these are the things you're supposed to do. What's the difference? This guy over here has the technique. What is the technique? The mastery of these basics. Calling those things that be not as though they were. That's basic faith. But you can come to the place where you are a master of that technique. And your fight of faith will be marked by your mastery of that, by the beauty of that technique. Verse oh, 18, Abraham, who contrary to hope, in hope believed. That means when there was no reason to expect a child, still he expected a child. I like the way even the King James says that, who hoped against hope. The word hope means expectation, means what you're looking for, what you're looking ahead towards. And there was no natural reason to expect what God told him to expect. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.